I'm gonna get you out of here. All right, but we don't have much time. Who are you? I'm Harry Osborne. I want to make you a deal. I should kill you. Come on. Think bigger, Max. I'm not the one you want. You want Spider-Man. And I can give him to you. But I need something first. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and welcome to episode 189 of the Expenses Talk. I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow Spidey Sense co-hosts, Chris and Dave. How are you both fellows? Good, yeah, good evening, folks. Good evening, and hello, everyone. I was waiting a, a quippy quip from you there, Chris, but maybe oh, not. Oh, I, I think this film probably going to get enough of this. As... <laughs> to be honest, this film, this film arrived pre-piss-taken. <laughs> also, as we are recording on 4th of August, yesterday was Chris's birthday, so happy belated birthday, Chris. Woo! Thank you very much, feeling very much older. Thank you. <laughs> One more year of experience. Yeah, apparently I'm the uh, I'm the age requirement to play Bond now, so uh, I reckon that's that's it. I've got to be I spend the rest of rest, you, rest of this you've year. Got to be in the... You graduated from Batman to Bond. <laughs> you've yeah. got to be in the frame. I mean, wh- why wouldn't they want a five foot seven tall guy from <laughs> <laughs> with no acting experience? Gone, and... With no acting experience. And 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 H and D in media studies. That's that's sure. That's all you need, isn't it? Like. Well, you can, yeah, you can do that, no worries. You can advise behind the scenes with that. <laughs> yes, you know. Um, you what, had someone with an have. HND in media studies. And, and, and I have a gym membership. I mean, what more could they want, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, just, you know, a couple of minutes of rowing and you'll be ready to go. That's all Daniel Craig does, isn't it? <laughs> he doesn't even have one of those. But he doesn't have the HND in media studies. I, I mean, I know I'm, like, not the ideal. Like, I'm slightly shorter being... Five for seven, but you know, platforms. You know, Tom Cruise manages it. Manages it. You know, oh, so just, he just, can do it. Just cast little people in all the other roles. Yeah. <laughs> Get them to work in a groove. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Ralph Fiennes still does always seem sitting down behind a desk. No, yeah, no but pretending he stood up. <laughs> Perhaps we can add dialogue like "Ooh, my feet hurt today. I've been on them a long time." <laughs> yes. Sorry, Bond, just going to sit down for a bit. Yeah. And instead of, like, an Aston Martin, you could get, like, one of those toy pedal cars kids have. <laughs> so you look quite big in the car. What, those uh, those plastic ones that are red and yellow? We, we, no, we'll, we'll paint it silver. Oh, OK, yeah. Of course. And prob- yeah. There's ways to do this. <laughs> um... Unfortunately, the delays between films are so long that you'll have aged out just after you were cast, I think. Yeah, I'll be retired by the next time they uh, cast a new... <laughs> yeah, so you'll be retiring by the, oh, time the next one rolls I'll, around. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll be retiring. I'll be like 70-odd, you know. Mm. But yeah, it can't be that hard. I saw a picture of Daniel Craig 
uh, working out for I'll, a Bond film. He, he I'll be as old it. as Roger Moore when he uh, retired. <laughs> no, nobody's that old. <laughs> oh. hey, I watched I, I watched Octopussy yesterday. Oh God, how did it go? Badly. Oh. I keep thinking I've got this absurd. Why do you put yourself through it? because well, I'm watching them all in the build-up to a film that's not going to come out in November. No. Um, and I've got, I just happen to have got to Octopussy, which I was supposed to watch on Friday, but it's a bit like ripping off a plaster. Just do it quickly now. Oh, so yeah, get so, out of the way. Yeah, that was it. I, I was shifting things around, and I was like, I, I'm in a mood to be utterly bored and miserable. So I put in, I put in uh, Octopussy yesterday, and I've always got this absurd hope, because so many people do like it, it's going to get better. And, I, and I, that it's going to be a better experience, and I'll actually follow the plot this time and stuff. And like, oh, plus it was great... also Stephen Verkoff's birthday as well. Wasn't it, it was. He was eighty-three yesterday, and I, so I was watching it. Still as I, crazy as ever. And the pre-title I've always hated, but like, I was kind of enjoying it this time. So I thought mm. this isn't so bad. And the property of a lady seems good. So I thought I'm about to have an epiphany with this. And then about another half an hour later of being extraordinarily bored, I thought, I'm only 40 minutes into this. Fucking hell. And the last hour and a half was pure torture. Oh, dear. He did it, though, Dave. He did it for England. I did it for England. Just have, you know, that's like me and Diana the day. You just think, oh, Christ, really? Diana the day is objectively far worse, but I'm never as bored by it as Octopussy. No, it's more enjoyable, I think. Octopussy just drags. It's just oh so long. So yeah, um, real test is when we do the commentary. That's the uh... well, that was the thing because I was thinking my commentary choice is next, and and I started and I thought I might change my mind and do do octopusy next because like it'll be good fun and like you know the fun of me choosing it with all I had to say about it. And by the end of the film, I was like, I, I don't want to see this again for quite a long time. No. So. Um, that's it. I've done my mandatory once every sort of Bond film release watch of it. And that's it till we do the commentary, which will not be my choice next time, I promise. Um, but, you know, perhaps I'd been spoiled because I, I'd watched a really great film before that. What are we covering tonight, Becca? Tonight, it's my favourite film in this series. Oh my god. Um, no, it's the Amazing Spider-Man 2, starring Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Jamie Foxx, Sally Field, Dana Hunt, Corn Fiore, whose name I can't pronounce, Paul Giamatti. I'm not sure Amber... myself, to be honest. No. Emma <laughs> Davis and Stan Lee. Um, obviously, it was Spider-Man created by Stan Lee, a Steve Ditko, a script by our favourites, Kurtzman and Fawzi, directed by Mark Webb, and released in 2014, though I've written in my haste 2104. <laughs> I just ruined 2104. Not released yet. Yeah, you know, I'd be quite positive about the idea of being dead by then. Mm. Um, anyway, I, I, well, certainly my stinky senses were tingling for this one. <laughs> stinky sense. <laughs> Spidey sense? I meant stinky sense. I've seen worse superhero films, but this is actually the Batman Forever of this series. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the, 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 you know, to give it its due, like the the visual effects are, are quite impressive. I, I remember sort of thinking, seeing this at the cinema, I think, oh, actually, yeah, they look quite good. Although this was it was one of those released in 3D, wasn't it? So I think I did make the error of seeing it in 3D, you know, with 30% light loss and one thing or another. Um, Jamie yeah. Foxx, you know, is brilliant. He's literally electric as Electro. Hey. He puts on a, puts on a really good performance. Um, but it's just, He's again, a bit just Dwayne Dipley, though, isn't it? There's a lot going on. Yeah, he is a little bit... Yeah, it's like Dwayne, Dib- Dwayne Dibley had a child with uh, uh, Jim Carrey's Edward Nigma. Yes. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. It is, 
Enigma meets... It, it, people Blade like this Duke don't Duke. exist in the world. They're but just... it's, it's the other way around, where, like, here's, here's the Duke of Dork. What, like, what, half-electric beans that can, like... Yeah, they don't exist, Chris. I think it's far-fetched. <laughs> no, I mean how he looked before. I mean, comb-overs exist and bad teeth exist, but never to quite this cartoonish degree. No. No, but I, I think, I, I don't know if, because um, obviously I'm not sort of very familiar with the comics. I mean, is, is would you say, is that kind of like a authentic comic book kind of, you know, character? And perhaps they are literally going back to the comics, going back to the source and saying, okay, That's... what's the most, you know, faithful adaptation of this that we can do? But I say my, my well, main, I, you know, I did enjoy it. Main problem, kind of like, you know, they try to pack a lot in, and there's an epic retconning going on, um, and they just try to cr- cram so much in. That's probably one of the longest films, in you know, in the Spider-Man series. Um, well, it, it it didn't. I mean, all, all Spider-Man films to some degree do well, but this is the lowest-grossing live-action Spider-Man film. I think I, I might have to I'm check sure on the. I might have to check on the. Um, Tom Holland ones, but um, in fact, I'll do that now. But um, my buddy it, Jake, it? It, it didn't have legs, and that re- reflects the fact that it wasn't wildly um, well received. From my part, I mean, just just in terms of yeah, no, uh, Far From Home did over a billion, so that's the highest grossing. And I'm just going to see if I can find Homecoming. Homecoming did 880, so yeah, mm. both Holland films. Uh, not adjusting, just just pure take uh, are the best two grossing of the live action films. Um, although Spider Man Three would have run Homecoming fairly close. Um, for, from my perspective, there are a handful of times in my life where my first viewing hasn't matched subsequent viewings at all. I came out of this surprisingly positive, and. I have to admit that no one's going to go and fact check me, but there are still tweets there if you go back far enough where I'm, I'm not exactly effusive, but I'm arguing with someone who hated it. And I'm not really arguing as much as I'm saying, no, I, I, you know, he's saying it's objectively bad. And I'm saying, no, I'm quite comfortable with how I feel about it. I can see its flaws, but there are things in it I've responded to. And I, I now know what that is. And we'll talk about it as we go through what it is about it. I do respond to, but I found it quite offensive on rewatch. Well, no, on rewatch, I really didn't like it. I saw all its flaws in stereo and I didn't want to watch it again. That was the problem. I put it on and within a few minutes, I'm like, this is loud, garish and horrible and I'm not enjoying it. When I watched it in prep for this, two things. Firstly, I rented a copy from Amazon um, and I could have bought it for like £1.50 more and I was, I, I did the rental. I was just like, I don't want to own this. Because last week we had some problems amongst the three of us getting hold of copies of it. So I actually bought a copy. Um, and I was happy. And although I don't want to own a copy of The Amazing Spider-Man particularly, I don't mind owning a copy, but I wasn't going to own a copy of this. But I watched it a couple of days ago and I found it quite offensive and jarring in that you've got this lead couple that have wonderful chemistry Uh, they were together in real life at this point so that i was responding to because that works really well there's very few partnerships in superhero films that have been that that strong and that authentic feeling but around it you've got the worst dialogue in the entire series and that's an Aussie and kurtzman special Mm -hmm. um bits of it not making sense at all it's ridiculously overstuffed but I'll tell you what really jarred this time 
I couldn't remember the score to this film, but I knew um, James Horner had been replaced. I, he hadn't died by this point, but I knew he wasn't doing this one. They yeah, declined to do it. I don't think. I think he enjoyed. He declined it, um, yeah. but I don't know if that's. You know that may not be anything other than he just didn't enjoy the first one. It it might not be saying anything about these two films other than he struggled with John Watt or any uh, not John Watt's the next series. So sorry, Mark Webb or whatever. I don't know, but it opened up and we went immediately into like Hans Zimmer's version of the Spider-Man score, if you like, and that was okay. It sounded like a kind of relative of the Horner version, you know, in some ways. But the music for this is The Magnificent Six, as they um, called it. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like loads of different people. Um, uh, Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics is on it. Johnny Mars on it. Farrell uh, Williams. Uh, yeah, Farrell Williams Farrell well. Williams Junkie is on Excel. it. Jun- Junkie XL, Steve Mazzaro, who I think might be working with Zimmer on No Time to Die. Yeah. Or, or that's past tense now. It's been done. Um and you would, t- but go and listen to almost any supergroup in history, and they're always less than the sum of their parts. And this is a disjointed mess of score. Uh, none of it matches. It, it it feels haphazard. It feels like the film's almost had several several different directors, you know, doing little vignettes within it. And all of the scoring around um, electro is horrendous whoever had the idea of this like his own internal voice speaking to him as his score um i don't know i kind of think that works both what that was quite good because it's kind of it's almost as if not not kind of a split personality sort of thing but he's kind of he does have this like internal monologue because you know he's talking to himself all the time and he's trying to kind of talk himself up and trying to say that you know you are you are a person of worth you know you're not you're not a nobody you are a somebody so he's he's kind of got this diarising himself but I understand where it's come from. But I can, I can appreciate it is a bit cheesy. I mean, I did sort it, of it, it's more the fact that it, it's one of those ideas that when it gets floated in like a production meeting, you can understand them saying, let's give it a try. Um, but the end result is so disjointed. I just think you can oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. say to Zimmer's team, you do the lot. Because his main sure. thing is okay. Um, it, it's all a degree less subtle and more cartoonish than last week. I mean, they've brightened the colour palette. You can see where they're trying to course correct from last week. And they've gone for something of a mix between Ultimate Spider-Man and the um, Garfield, uh, sorry, the Maguire outfit, uh, with no explanation of the complete change. The web shooters are completely different, everything. But even the casting, I mean, Dane DeHaan looks evil immediately. Um, yeah, I kind of feel he was perhaps a bit typecast here because he's, yeah. he's kind of got that face hasn't he unfortunately yeah he does um, i do feel I... a little bit typecasting for him i mean he's, he's a brilliant actor i'm happy to watch whatever he does he's I mean, really good but he's not he's a good actor but yeah it's mm. like he's like a, um, like a scrawny a uh, bit creepier version of leonardo DiCaprio, isn't he really a scrawny younger yeah a bit unhinged version of a bit, uh, a, bit a, a bit substance a bit substance abusey as well in his look he's got a bit yeah. of heroin chic about him yeah, um, especially when he starts getting like scaly and that sort of thing as well. Well, like, I mean, after the treatment, uh, the makeup choices there are not good either. But you know, you've got Paul, you've got Paul Giamatti in this for minutes. Now, Paul Giamatti—he's brilliant. Really, he's hilarious. Great as an actor, and once you get people like him and Sally Field and completely waste them, they're really underused on, on the basis of a future universe they've not earned. 
So you've got more of this mystery that doesn't work. Um, I mean, I've, I've slipped into opening thoughts here, which I didn't mean to. It no, was sorry opening, about that. That was my fault. I've it, kind of no, well, it stumbled more, downhill into it was that one. More to be, it was more about sort of the difference between initial impressions and where I am now. But I may as well just carry on and finish off my points, really. They've, they've, they've course corrected. Dan Mindell was brought in to do the um, cinematography for this. He's worked a lot with J.J., so he did, he did both of J.J. Star Wars films. He did both of uh, J.J. Star Trek films. He did his Mission Impossible film um, and so on. Uh, and he worked with people like Tony Scott a couple of times. Um, very few classics in his record, but his films look pretty good. And this is this is a nice looking film. Uh, the, there are issues with makeup and stuff, but that's nothing to do with him, really. Um I just think it's an absolutely dreadfully insulting mess that I responded to the first time because the two leads are so good. Now, while I think Tom Holland is the definitive Spider-Man now, live action, certainly, Andrew Garfield was pretty good. And, and these two together were great. And I think I really responded to that. And, and there's a bit in the film where... I think I don't know where Peter is. He's in a he's in, he might be in the school cafeteria or a library or something. I forget what it is. And he's on his laptop, a Sony Vio, as they all were back. Yeah, in but that year. this film, oh my god, so um, much product placement. Obviously, it's a Sony movie, so you're going to yeah, see lots of lots yeah. of Sony products. It's but being it's just, not um, Google, but yeah, but he, yeah, but yeah, he's, exactly, he's, exactly. But, but it, um, it was kind of like it was just really. I, I felt like product placement in this film was just over the top. It was a proper like Skyfall level of of um, product placement it, it, it never bothers me I only pointed it out there because it's a Sony film and that's like yeah there, there are bits where they've all got Sony phones and they've all got Bing and yeah but he sees that um, Norman Osborne has died he's watching the news and just the empathy on his face for the, for like his old childhood friend that he and, and the sense of guilt you can read into the expression that he's let the relationship lapse and stuff like that. That's all punching above the weight of the film. And I responded to that. And with it having a nice bright colour palette I enjoyed and some real wisecracking from Spidey in the first scene or two came out quite positive. But it really is dreadful. It's not Batman and Robin bad, but I think it is Batman Forever bad. Um, it's a terrible script. I, I expect that from these two. I don't know why they keep getting fucking hired because they're crap. The dialogue is horrendous. And at one point, Emma, don't, Emma Stone gives a speech. And that is it's right up there with um, Captain Kirk at the end of um, Beyond, uh, not Beyond, Into Darkness with the, the Captain's Oath bullshit. <laughs> You know, the Federation Oath, space, the fun. Where, where he says um, it teaches us who we once were. And it's like, space the final frontier. No, it doesn't. Your words are meaningless there. You've assembled words that sound like a speech. And that's exactly what Emma Stone gives here. No teenager in the world fucking talks like this. It's been a long time since I was one, but piss off. Um, mm. the, whole, the whole sort of mystery stuff is wasted and, and kind of a bit shit. They've wasted Sally Field again. They've wasted Paul Giamatti again. Um, it's an insulting sort of building of a universe that just wastes the talent of a, of a lead pairing that could have gone on to be something in this series. Now, the one thing I did respect was they killed the Gwen Stacy character. And I was just, I think one of the reasons... Yeah, that was I, a big shock, wasn't it? One of the reasons I came out positive was I couldn't believe they'd gone there. And it's only a few minutes before the end of the film. So you walk out thinking, Christ, that film had balls. Mm. Um, yeah, especially for it to carry on in the direction 
the way it did. You know, introducing a villain right at the end just to do that. It, it's it's all a bit shit, really. And the disjointed score and all that just speaks to a film made by committee that's trying to course correct a film that was a bit bland but didn't do a huge amount wrong. Um, and it leaves a, a sort of duology that just don't feel of a piece. Whereas the, the Maguire trilogy all feels the same filmmaking team. So uh, that, that's it from me. I've talked a lot longer than I meant to, but, you know, a little bit, you know, you know, build up to the film experience with the film and what you think about the film. Anyway, Chris, <laughs> we're, we're doing the opposite now. We're kind of drowning you out. So, yes, get on that soapbox. Okay. That's what you think. Um, I'm, I, my feelings, I mean, yeah, I think that Dave says I don't actually disagree with. However, I've always had a little bit of defensive of this film. I've Partly, I think I always tend to be a bit of a contrarian when it comes to um, films at times. I tend to, so, I tend to sort of like defend or stick up for the one for the for films that usually get a bit of a kicking, and I tend to sort of like be a bit lukewarm on 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 the films that get like just a ton of praise no matter what. So. I yeah I've all you know and and similar to Dave I I had a first viewing which was great um you know I really I really enjoyed my time with it not what perfect but I think in terms of solid fun and entertainment wise it it hit the spot and my opinion of it hasn't really changed though I I completely understand why people don't like it as much there are some odd choices here um, the tone is. While I think is schizophrenic, a, I think well compared to last week, I think you know this feels more Spider-Man in terms of like the color palette and you know and, and the, the, just a sense of like comic book fun. But at the same time, they they do make odd choices. Like uh, the, there's one character, the one of the minor ones, um, who's the actor. He usually plays like a lot of bad guy roles. Uh, Martin Koskis, I think how you pronounce that name. Oh, Martin, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's. He, oh, yeah. he plays yeah. a character who is. I forgot he was in this. Yeah, he, he he normally plays a character who is like a scientist, but is in the comics a female character. Now, I no no, that's fine to sort of you know reverse genders whatnot. I don't think it makes much of a difference. But they've kind of like kept that so comic booky, and he kind of plays it almost as if he is the woman. It's really weird. He almost looks like he's got lipstick on. To, uh, you know it's I mean? a he's... little bit camp. The accent is ridiculously over the top, and it leaves you struggling for the tone of this because yeah, all of the love relationship stuff in say. it, all the love relationship stuff in this, is really earnest. Yeah, and yeah, it's just little things like that. I think that's a bit odd, you know. Uh, Electro is a bit very Dwayne Dibley, but though at the same time, I kind of, in some ways, it it, it feels a little bit again like doing the bit of sympathetic villain thing, but it kind of goes all just, I don't know, just flat out just evil. Um, which I suppose there are things in there, we you know, you know, he's like, you know, he's got a little bit of a violent streak in him before he has his accident kind of he's a little bit unhinged you know um but again it's just a little bit too comic comic booky at times mm. i think i think dave is right when it says it just feels like it's made by committee 
uh, I think the plan. Yeah, I would agree, I tend to agree. The, the, they had this roadmap on the desk. I mean, Felicity Jones is in this film, but I forgot to mention her. I mean, she's, I mean, she's playing great, Felicia Hardy, who would would be Black Cat if they great casting as well. You think? Yeah. Oh, you look at that thing. For, for the way the series went, this film has a really good cast. It's a shame that they didn't carry on in on that journey on that roadmap, as you say, um, and decided to to you know decided on a reboot. It's it's great casting, but at the same time, it's uh, it, it you just do feel like where you going. I mean, when you when you hear like the plans they want trying to introduce like a Sinister Six movie, it's like, well, how would that work out? How are you gonna do like and, you know? And I think they still want to do a Venom one as well, don't they? But which they end up doing. But yeah, you know, but then you then you hear the plans of what was going be in the next film, and it was gonna involve Peter bringing. Bringing like finding a way to bring back dead people back to life, so he would have brought back Gwen and her father and and, and things like that. And I'm thinking uh, that that sounds like such a huge misstep. I mean, what, what I will say is just a very quick aside and interjection is that I don't want to knock comic books because I've really enjoyed a lot of mm. a lot of them, but with any long running series where you've got to keep sort of in a permanent act two almost. Um, when you read a character history on almost any character in a comic book in comic book history, it gets really batshit after a while because mm. they've just got to fill so much with stories and yeah, and you're gonna get some sort of coming and coming and But I, they've done they've probably done stuff equally daft in the comic books over the years. Yeah, but in terms of the context of where this series would be, it just would seem like too much. To, in, in the comics, you probably get away with it, especially like with years upon years of stories. Well, not only that, you're only you're only going to be two films and maybe three or four years on from like yeah, gritty dark nighty reboot of this universe. And you know, you, you kind of have to think, well, there's yes, there's your your your, your comic book uh, audience or your fan base, which mm. which would might play to more, but then you got to think about the general audience and how that translates onto film. And that doesn't necessarily translate very well, not yeah. in this context anyway. It just seems a bit. Well, look too... at how look at how slowly Marvel cinematic this Marvel cinematic universe has s- been circling the idea of the multiverse. Mm. Yeah, we, we know we're going to get it, but you just got to be a bit more careful with mainstream audiences. If you go straight to these kind of high concept but strangely difficult to grasp ideas i mean i don't find multiverse that hard but stick it on for a general audience mm. and it's going to confuse people um and and it, I, it'll feel rushed yeah. as well it feel a bit too too much too soon as well i think even even if well, we want a sinister six movie like two years before mm. the third spider-man film it's almost like you tr- you want your cake and eat it you're not sure this film's done that well so you want to sideline andrew garfield but you want to keep building the universe he's part of. I, I, I mean, my guess is they probably want to like, introduce some more villains for him to fight in the next film. You know, if it's going to be him versus Sinister Six, I imagine. But then mm. you know, doing a Sinister Six film before that oversteps the problem having to introduce them all in the third, in the third film. I like films to at least feel. It's okay when they're following directly on from a previous film, but I just think when films just have a load of threads that don't suit 
the film they're mm. part of. They are literally just doing spade work for something else. I just think it diminishes the film. So when you've got him walking down the corridor past like Doc Ock's arms and you know the vulture's mm. wings and stuff like that, that doesn't serve any real purpose in this film. So all you're doing is cheapening this film mm. because you, you're, you're diminishing it as just one part of a much larger whole. Um, and yeah, again, also the stuff with, you know, Peter and his parents, like, I'm not sure why we're seeing, like, a fight on an airplane as the first scene. Like, what does that tell us? Like, you know, re- relatively, other than he managed to upload something, which I'm not sure you can do which, on an airplane. Like, but yeah, um, Well, not only that, this film's 2014. This is before he hands over... Yeah. What, how old was Peter at this point? Four? Five? Um, I'm not sure. But yeah, at all. Well, put it this way, that puts that back in about 2002. This is ludicrously too far ahead in, yeah. in technology. And that is an Aussie and Kurtzman thing. I'm sorry to sound like a broken fucking record, but they just wave away things that don't work or fit. They just wave away. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. And it's like, no, at the point when you were breaking this script, it, somebody should have said, that doesn't work. There's yeah, it's, it's like they kind of they got a timeline that if it doesn't fit, they're like, yeah, it's fine, and it's like, no, it's not. These details really matter. It's because they're shit. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's, not a fan. Not a it, fan. It's just it's just one of those things, and it's like, oh, okay, I get that they're trying to like finish also a, like a plot which they've introduced in the last film, which is probably something they shouldn't even bothered with in the first place. But still, <laughs> exactly. like, um, you know. They continue on, and it kind of makes sense. Well, in terms I will say, of his... I will say that in their defence, they've been dropped this dangling thread to do something with. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it'd be okay, fine. But again, it's like there's you know, they, they, they thought about introducing a MJ as well in here, which to be fair, well, they shot what, that would have been too much. From, from, from what I, from what I understand is, I think those scenes are purely just like. A, f- a few conversations, like I'm just, just sure, just like oh, neighbour, that kind of thing. Nothing like too plotty. Just like introduce someone for the next film, which they ended up dropping. But um, there, there was like a, a scene where the, the deleted scene where uh, Peter's father turns up at uh, Gwen's funeral, well, 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 at, at the graveyard. Yeah, you know? I saw that. And and you think so. That was another thing. They actually resurrect his his father now. I, I, it just it's just you've got no vision. You don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to. I just I think particularly with these writers, and but I think it's modern filmmaking. Mm. It's a flaw of relatively recent modern filmmaking that the tease is much more important than the answer. And I I think I've I've said this in various series we've done that. Sometimes I feel when these teasers are being set up, the writers and director don't actually know the answer themselves. Well, they'll no, just, I mean they're overthinking it, aren't they? Every step of the way. When you, but yeah. it's a, it's a shame because when you look at like, you know, um, you know, Spider-Man's uh, Rose Gallery or or all the villains, you could sort of you could have like that's loads of films you could do, loads. Yeah, no. You know, it's like you don't have to overcomplicate. Just have like, all right, who are we doing next week? Oh, we'll do the Scorpion. Um, uh, Scorpion and Vulture or whoever, do you know what I mean? You could, you could. There's so much you could do, like a film every year or two years, and be relatively competitive with Marvel. And you got a, a relatively good Spider-Man here. You know, 
he's he's out of school, so that you know the age thing doesn't look that too too problematic. It's not as bad. It's not as big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you've had you've got a good good lead in this film, which obviously, if you keep with the comics, you know she's killed off. But that that you got like a good chemistry, so it actually matters. You feel that. You feel you feel sad. You know it, it has some weight to it. You know, and you know if you nail like a decent MJ following that, then you, you know you're onto a winner. You, do you know what I mean? The, the, there's so many things you could do. And yeah, just... they cast um, Shailene Woodley, didn't they? Mm. Oh yeah. MJ. Now, this this got a bit ugly on social media because they cast her, and the the usual complaint about um, she's not a knockout, and MJ Mary Jane Watson is meant to be a knockout. Um, yeah, they caused quite a lot of backlash, didn't it? So. Well, the problem is people can't express that without being nasty or yeah, actually true. insulting her looks and I fell somewhere down the middle of thinking actually they're right, she's not appropriate casting for Mary Jane Watson but there's absolutely no need to insult her um, Yeah, it's one of those things, but, isn't it? It's like how to, how to say it in a kind of that was the only alarm. way and it's just like, mm. That's the only alarm bell though that, that they, said they, they said they'd cut all her scenes and when I went to see the film, I couldn't see where those scenes would have gone and I just thought yeah, made by committee. They they just like, can we get Mary Jane Watson in there somewhere? Well, we got a few scenes at the, uh, for argument's sake, because I've not seen the deleted scenes, but for argument's sake, well, we've got their graduation. Let's have her at that. Go over and wish Peter well or congratulate him. You know what she, I mean? Shoe corner in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I believe in the comics, like MJ was teased anyway, so he never actually saw her until, until like the blind date, so to speak. So, if you you know if you're smart about it you you just have like may mention MJ so oh, you know like you know things aren't working out with Gwen why why don't you uh, you know uh, how about you see uh, that that nice girl Mary Jane or whatever do you know what I mean just a few lines of dialogue that's all don't have to cast anyone just yet you know um, I mean hell don't even have like uh, Jameson in this film you know he is mentioned well he's on an email isn't he yeah. Um, I think it's around the time that he finds out uh, Norman Osborn's um, Norman Osborn's dead. Mm. Um, so I'm actually typing a little reply to Becca because she's just said on one of Charlie's feeds about the Two Face episode of the animated series. Yeah, I need to see. I need to see yeah. those. I don't think I wa- I've ever seen I wa- I, any I wa- of those Batman ones. That, that's a two-parter, and I watched. Sorry it about that. Week. I watched it last week. It's great. Um, he, he gives um, a really anyway. sad. Um, uh, Batman has a really sort of sad, like sort of um, performance in that, doesn't he? Uh, what's the guy's name? Well, yeah, because they're, they're really good. His heart kind of breaks, doesn't it? It's like Harvey. Yeah, well, yeah, but not only that, Harvey Dent's like fighting a psychological issue that he, he's mm. trying so hard to beat. It's really good. Anyway, back to this film. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, Thank you. Sorry, that was my fault. I interjected because I was like typing and trying to concentrate on two things at once, which I try not to do. Um, what about you, Becca, with this film? Uh, I, kind of, I don't know. I thought I said that a few minutes ago because <laughs> I felt bad. Well, you kind of just went like you didn't like it. but Wasn't lying. I don't like it. Um, yeah, no, I remember going to see this one at the cinema. Um, but yeah, I think I may have seen it in 3D, which probably accounted for... Because a lot of this film takes place at night or in darkness. And obviously with the 3D, you do get a 30% light loss. And you can't see shit. Um but obviously you've got Electro on the scene. But no, I think, yeah, upon release, I didn't rate this film very highly. I kind of thought, oh, this is quite, uh, you know, for me, it's kind of along the lines of the previous Spider sequel. Um, 
And I mean, I thought Andrew Garfield was fine. Um, he could do no wrong at the time. Um, obviously, the great, great um, chemistry with Emma Stone, definitely. And it was such a shock and a real shame that they decided to kill her off at the end, um, especially with the route that this that the series was to take with the reboot a few years later. Um, yeah, I would agree that you know Sally Field um, and especially yeah, Paul Giamatti, who's just like comedy legend, and you don't see them as like it's like we said last week. Sally Field's job was to sit in the kitchen and look sad. Kind of she's a bit of nursing here, but yeah, she, she does, does a little bit of work definitely. Yeah. And I think there's a scene which is a, is a callback to one of her one of her previous Hollywood roles. Um, is it the scene where Pierce Brosnan comes in and tries to flirt with her? <laughs> Drive by fruiting. Um, <laughs> oh, I wish I could say that was so much fun, dear dear. Um, or well, Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, it's, it's for a lot of it's, it's good. I, fun. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, you got to see it! Oh my gosh! Because well, there was a spell. We've talked about this on podcast before. You there have was, to see it. Dave. There was a spell when I avoided Robin Williams films because he made quite a lot of cheesy shit. I love Robin Williams, and, and as a straight actor, he was really good. Um, but he he just made stuff like Patch Adams and Flubber and films that just weren't very good. Very and good I always avoided it like, because I I saw clips of Mrs. And... Doubt. I thought it was alright, but I haven't seen it. There are there are some cheesy bits as, as you would imagine, but it is really funny, especially since it's hilarious. It could be on Disney Plus. I'm not sure. Probably might be, but anyway, no, it's it a good laugh. I'll find it's, it. it. It's fifty percent a serious film as well. You know, it's uh... yeah, it's it's really serious. Is because at the end of the day, it's about a father trying to you know get gain access to his kids, mm. and he wants to see his kids, and, um, and he just he just goes a really creative yeah. route in which to do it. So. But I don't know how it would play with today's audiences. I. That's it the only thing. On, it, it is on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'll have a look at that then. Promise. Read that out. I think it's it's based on a French film, but I've not seen. You're not getting uh, confused with the Birdcage, are you? Because that's a that's a. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that, no, that's based on the French. That's film. a Robin Williams. Yeah, Cage of definitely. Next, no, I did that for my um, undergrad dissertation. Um, both are really good. So it's one of those um, instances where I would say like the English remakers. I mean the French original is a classic but i would say like the extreme which is slightly better a little bit funnier okay. um but anyway that's that's another by the by um yeah so sally field and paul Giamatti criminally underused um i did find the relationship between electro and goblin jr um i don't know a bit culturally insensitive um but that's just kind of watching it through through a modern lens um, obviously time's moved on since 2014 um, well Stanley Cameo not as great as last week but still still good what was cameo. it what was it um, I think it's at the graduation ceremony yeah. where like, hey, I, know that guy. I know that guy I didn't like that no it was a bit bland last week's was the was this, was the absolute best I think for, for my for my money um, but yeah no, I would say the same as you Dave pretty much the kind of it is given the the Kurtz and obviously kind of treatment I guess you just think, oh no, you know, you kind of see their names and you think, oh dear, and you know exactly it's what you're doing. It's the nodding and winking as well. In the, yeah, it's like we can do this nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Well, you do you know? remember in the first Star Trek film where they've got to have Bones tell us why he's called Bones, and the reason he gives is totally not the fucking right one? But they, no, it's just, it's just, it's the reason that they think they are masturbating themselves silly over the fucking sixty Spider-Man theme, and it's getting really tired five films in. His his phone ringtone is the Spider-Man. Is that do, 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 we do, do, hear that several times? Then towards the end of the film, he plays Incy Wincy Spider in that. Yeah, it's like well... And I just think, like, can someone slap these guys? They're not funny. I think they're being clever, but 
clever and funny and then neither. It pisses me off. I mean, Orsi's quite a reprehensible human being anyway, but Alex Kurtzman is currently fucking up Star Trek on TV, which is really pissing me off. Keep this these twats away from things I like. Please. <laughs> Shouldn't be allowed in Hollywood. No. Um Apart from that, I like the film. Um, oh, no, the, some great. visuals are quite good. Um, marked improvement, I think. Um, I think what else? Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of, I did have, yeah, I did have some problems with the relationship um, between Electro and I'm going to call him Goblin Junior because I can't remember his name. The Indahar, and that's it. Um, and some of his makeup did look a little bit dodgy um, towards the end. But I thought the, the visuals with Electro, I thought were really impressive, and I kind of, I like the. Like when he speaks, he's obviously got kind of I don't know what you call it. It sounds like sort of feedback almost, like a real sort of like basic tone to his voice, um, like feedback, I guess. Um, that, that's what I can say. Really, I just didn't have a good time with it. I kind of thought, yeah, I tried to go in with an open mind. Um, obviously, going, you know, Jamie Foxx winning an Oscar many so you know a few years before, um, but I just I didn't enjoy, it. and it's too long, <laughs> too busy, too much going on. Can't be done with it. So I'm yeah. sorry. It's, it's very, it's very superficial. Um, but just uh, electro to make pants as well. <laughs> yeah, he can kind of like, he can kind of make his little like um, digital thing and his head like skills, uh, false yeah. modesty. <laughs> dear, dear. But uh, yeah, but uh, uh, but to be honest. Despite its flaws, I kind of still enjoy it. I never really get bored of it. I always kind of enjoy my time with it. Um, I think it's largely just down to, you know, seeing Spider-Man quip. Um, the way you know that was Garf- good. Garfield. I liked that. I really enjoyed the first sequence of the film for that mm. very reason because it's like finally we'd had such a whiny take on it first time round. It's like he's actually kind of enjoying this, and mm. you know. Refers to himself as web-haired and kind of like yeah, having for being a bit cocky, but mm. also but but it's also like doing like little things like the the, the stuff we kid where he's like takes the time out to sort of like stick up for him fix. against a bunch of bullies and then like be like oh wow you've made this that's really good I'll walk you home yeah. and fix stuff it with like him that walking home yeah I, it's just like it's not all about it, it like I say it it it's it's not Batman and Robin it, it it's Batman Forever at worst mm. um. Because it's it, it it is really cartoony in places, but there's things about it I like, and I I just felt a little bit sorry for Andrew Garfield at the end of this because he never got a third film. And no, I, I kind of thought he was. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of he's got kind of youthful looks anyway. Um, I thought you know in the first film he did kind of look as if he could be sort of seventeen, eighteen. But I felt not that... to us he didn't. But... <laughs> no, not 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 to you guys, but to me. <laughs> but you know, a couple of years on, I kind of thought, oh, actually, no, maybe he's starting to look a little bit too old. Not, not not too old, but you know, perhaps he's kind of pushing the limits of what you could look like. But uh, but you know, he's still he's still a really good actor. Um, and yeah, I kind of thought, well, maybe he's pushing it a little bit. But hey ho. Shall we discuss this film sequentially? First? That's a bit ageist, ageist, isn't it? Not really. If someone's meant to be a teenager and they're forty five and seven, then it's like it's me, not ageist to point out they're not like seventeen, eighteen year old. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Shall we discuss this film sequentially? Yeah, so we basically get uh, we start off with a bit of a recap from um, Richard Parker's perspective. Previously, yeah, he's like leaving like a message on his on his uh, computer, and then he um, he, he he sort of 
he destroys like a you know a load of spiders and and he comes home and finds it finds his place ransacked and he leaves leaves Peter with uh, Aunt May and uh, Uncle Ben and uh, yeah he leaves for a plane he's uploading a file which he can't do in the yeah, air but carry on <laughs> um, uh, a, a, a suspicious and even man. if you could at this in this era it would have taken about four years <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah I mean that's I'm not sure what he's uploaded it to anyway, but anyway. Well, he's uh, uh, he's uploaded it to a specific terminal. It's uh, the it's very sketchy the um technology of this. But fair enough. Okay, that's what he's doing. I mean, yeah. I mean, it it, it is one of those things where you, you kind of question like, why is a scene even here? That you know, th- this could be a file that is. I mean, this it's like the, the what what he. Um, what Peter actually read that uh, sort of watches later on in that mm. kind of underground yes. like that. that could just be there anyway, left there. Yeah. Like we don't need this scene really. We don't all. need this at all. Not at all. And and what are you trying to prove to us? Because Richard goes all like act, you know, forlorn action hero here. Mm. It's like you're a scientist, fuck off, this is stupid. Um mm. I didn't care. I mean, well, it's it's fine as an action scene, but again, you just leave you thinking, is there a reason for this? But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, has has a fight. You know, obviously the the plane goes down, and and that's what we always see. And then we start with Spider Man swinging through the city. Yeah, it starts with him sort of falling through the air. They've made a mm. design decision on this suit. I don't know if it's Garfield's build or just a, a decision. Uh, the suit isn't actually skin tight. It billows around a bit in the in the sort of breeze. Mm. Not off-puttingly so. It's okay. But as I say, if you go and look up the original sort of Ultimate Spider-Man from like around 2000, I think it was. Might be before that. Um, he's got really big bug eyes in that. And it's kind of those eyes sort of on the Garfield on the Maguire suit, but a little bit brighter and a little bit less tight fitting. Um, and it's pretty well shot. This, it is mm. pretty well shot him sort of swinging around and that again, CG's moved on and they've, they've actually thrown a bit of money at this one. And yeah, this, this it, is all it, very fun. It looks brighter. I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it will do cause it's all shot in day. It's not, not, nice it is. Line. Yeah. Um, now, um, what what's he doing? The the rhino's doing something. Yeah, what, but he's what, not the rhino. The rhino. At this point. Yeah, it's so a he's bald guy with a tattoo across his forehead, mm-hmm. and I'm presuming he's stealing that truck. Yeah, so him and uh, a few other guys are stealing some plutonium from Oscorp. Right. Well, um, they so the flux yeah. capacitor, do they? Yes. Yes, yeah. um, you've got these like sort of little kind of orange tube things, um, and yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's kind of a fun scene because you know it's as as things cr- as vehicles crash, you get the, the 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 things go flying around. They have to be extra sensitive in case they explode. So Spider Man's like sort of balancing everything, and yeah, um, I've only got one slight complaint with it. It's very slightly too long. But I don't remember thinking that at the time. I thought it on rewatch. So perhaps mm. it is one of those, it's all right the first time. 
Um, he prevents um, Max. What's he called? Max Dillon. Basically, Electra. Yeah, he, he saves uh, Max Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. Who, and it, yeah. Inst- who instantly falls in love with him? <laughs> yes, because he is someone who is a bit of a, a weird. He, he kind of, you know, as, as Becca said, he's got, he kind of he talks to himself, but he kind of like is is constantly wanting to be seen. He's like someone who is constantly neglected and wants attention. Yeah, he kind of um, wants to be somebody. Though, um, so like when Spider-Man comes on, oh, you're my guy, you know, doing that Spider-Man thing, where he's like, he's dead popular of everyone, so he's a bit, oh, hey, I need you out there, come on, you know. And then he's like, uh, oh, you, you know my name, because he's read his name badge. Um, it's. I thought that, I don't know what, I don't know too much about the uh, comic book character, I, I must say. No, but th- this struck me as really weak as motivation. Uh, I, I yeah, mean, he, I, he basically I, becomes hateful towards Spider-Man because Spider-Man's more popular than him and doesn't yeah. remember him later, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it is teased that he's unhinged later on, isn't it? Because he has that yeah. thing with uh, Smythe, and he gets himself. A t- so he is one of that like a bit of weird obsessive, yeah, type. Um, but. Yeah, apparently they were going for a more realistic approach, which is... Well, judging by his <laughs> costume design, that's not realistic at all. No. No. Uh, pantomime. Um, maybe that's what they're going for, I don't know. Okay, so what else? Phones rings and it's the 60s Spider-Man yeah. thing again. Uh, uh, Gwen's at the... Graduation. The high school graduation, where she that... gives... A ridiculously long and overwordy, meaningless load of bollocks as a speech. Mm. This is really random. Really this this well, might sound really stupid. Sorry, I just got it. I was, I probably got this wrong. But like at the speech, do they play "Land of Hope and Glory"? I don't know. I don't. I was just know. trying to think. I just, it just, they played a piece of music, and I thought, why are they playing that? And but then I don't. I don't. I, I don't remember what it was. Like, my experience of, of the American college system is, is very limited, and obviously I don't know what they played, like at Ivy, you know, Ivy League sort of graduations, for example. But it just it struck. It jumped out with me. Uh, uh, high, well, high school even definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not familiar with that kind of world, but that kind of I just I thought, hold on, a minute, is that Land of Hope and Glory? I was like, why are they playing that? <laughs> so you know, if you're, if you're from the states or if you've graduated from high school or college or university you know for whatever from that area let us know i felt that was particularly strange it just jumped out with me why they doing that strange she gets up to give a speech and it's one of those it's an orsi and kurtzman special where they every line <laughs> it's all films of orsi and every special, single line of it is meant to sound meaningful and profound and none of it, and it is. isn't um and emma stone bless her does a really good job with it because she's just good but it is utter bollocks they've got her talking um and it's just one of those things that i just hate there's a smugness to the writing that's what i don't like that you hear these things and i'm thinking you honestly think this sounds clever it's so self-satisfied like yeah you sort of feel like the speech itself like the speech itself the writers thinking yeah this is really inspiring we've done yeah we've written something really sort of and it's utter horseshit um so anyway so I, I must admit i can't even i can't even remember a single word she even says oh i tried to remember it yesterday it's stuff about you know their experiences together and then it's on about going moving forward and being yourself and holding on and times will p- happen when you feel like this and 
it's just offensively poor. Um, and I just feel sorry for Emma Stone because she's got a cut, you know, camera slammed right in her, well, not in her face, it's a mid shot, but the camera's unflinchingly on her while she has to deliver this. Huh? Like, you know, I, I'm sure there are plenty of teenagers out there who think they are profound when they're not. I think it goes with the age to some degree, but th this is written by men shooting towards middle age who think that they think that they have something to say in their writing and never ever have um so big fan to... mm. oh yeah i've got to i'll try not to do two hours of it but yeah i don't like them um no uh peter is getting images of um captain stacy yeah it's a guilt trip yeah it's guilt he's... guilty Cause conscience he's... a bit he swings in eventually and collects his graduation and when they're all sort of stood around chatting and photos and all that mm. nonsense afterwards he actually sees Captain Stacy with the family even though he's not he's just he's just having images of them while he was on the street he saw him in like a squad car mm. which he wasn't obviously yeah uh yeah so he's he's subdued like Rhino and Rhino's arrested and all the rest of it he's not Rhino at this stage um, what else do we want to say? Um, he breaks. Let's it move on to the next Gwen. scene. Well, yeah, it's just it's just uh, you know Gwen. They go out that evening. Yeah, Gwen invites them to dim sum, and there's also like that. It's picking up from the last film where he's like made a promise, but can't really keep it. He's conflicted about it. Um, so he's he's there circling outside a dim sum place. Yeah, and. Gwen's sort of getting like pissed, pissed off. She said, "Like we've done this time and time again, you know. Yeah. This time they, I'm they've, ending it." They've, they've they've had various splits in the time mm. we've not we've missed between films. I think in that he he's, he can't he's struggling with the guilt. I see. I like that. I think that's a good idea because we, we felt his flip to sort of teasing a continuing a relationship at the end of the last film was a bit tone deaf to the material. He'd just given a dying man a promise. The fact that he would continue to have issues with it if he's a genuinely decent, honest kid is like a good idea. I, I, as much as what what's it in service of, I don't know, but it, I think it's not a bad idea to have the characters go through this. No, it's 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 in in a weird way. I don't see how else you can play it because the last film kind of hinted that but it's a bit of an odd way to hint it because it feels like you've, you've just introduced something and then just missed it for right just immediately just to get a bit more of a positive yeah. ending so yeah. this kind of picks it up in a sort of like oh, I'm really weird really conflicted about um, doing it and and this also adds a bit of agency to uh, Gwen as well because Gwen sort of says like you know what fine I, I, you know, I make my own I, I make my own lives life choices not you I take my risks, you know. This isn't your choice; it's my choice. Um, so, which, which is kind of where that happens, like later on, doesn't it? But anyway, um... yeah, that's echoed. I mean, there's things in the structure of it, and like set up and callback that is yeah. like uh, basic screenwriting, and they can do that. You know, they're they're not without any ability whatsoever, and there are things in the script that work okay. Um, so then I think it's like a montage of stuff, isn't it? A Spidey montage. He's he's keeping an eye on Gwen. Mm. 
Sabotage. Sorry. <laughs> yes, this is a bit where he's There's sort a song of like, in there somewhere from Team he, America. He's doing um, Spider-Man things, you know, he's like he's there like um he stops a robin in the store where he's got a cold. Yeah. He's still poorly, um, but still fighting crime. Yeah, he you know, sa- saves the kid from bullies. Which is which is cool, uh, and he's um... yeah. I, don't, I like how the, yeah the little boy Jorge. I, I think it's quite cute how you yeah. can, we see him later on in the film as well. So I, I wonder if he's it, kind of it's if he's given that mantle to become it's cheesy. It's very cheesy. It's cheesy. It is. It's cute, end. but it is cheesy. But well, it I'm... is because they're always whenever there's like a crime scene, they've always immediately set up barriers and have like all the general public stood at them watching. Exactly, because mm. that always happens. That wouldn't but... be your first concern with a fucking no. Um, no, it's, it's, it's another cutscene special. They've done it in all of the films to be. They did it in the Maguire trilogy constantly. Mm. Yeah, th- the third mm. film particularly, which yeah, yeah that was I, really I think I, which which really irked me. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> mm. uh, they even had it narrated. Yeah, oh, yeah, God, the worst thing you could do. Uh, anyway, um, anyway, I, I do like the sort of little sort of Ian just fighting crime. He's just doing other yeah. little things. Like you know, like your friendly neighbourhood, he's doing like you know, helping helping people out, and which which kind of reminds me it's similar to like what Spider what um not Spider Man uh Superman should be as well to maybe to like a larger scale, but like you know he will take time to sort of you know take cats out of yeah. trees and, and things. Uh, I like don't that. understand when Captain America exists as an aside how they don't know how to make Superman. Yeah, Relevant. yeah, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Dead fucking easy. But anyway. Um, I'm, I'm not a screenwriter. I, I'm not saying I could write a successful film, but I, I, I like. You I might know, be able to. I'm pretty I sure know, you could. I know tone and direction, though. And it's not that difficult. I'm sure you could do it. No, I couldn't. But anyway, um, then what? We, we I think you, you and Chris are making a team together with your HND and. I think what it is like the 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 um, the studios would just like sort of run us to the ground where we just go yeah okay fine <laughs> they'll, just, <laughs> they'll just be like a turgid Do mess. Anyway, to be left. Script, I don't I don't I I don't have any frustrated screen. You watch a lot of films. It's okay. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. I watch a lot of boxing. I'd be shit at it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I watch Tarantino. They got his. Work like that. No, I know. I'm um, but yeah, Let's so we this. must we must see a bit of Max Dillon at some point round here. Yes, can uh, we see? Come around the corner. Yes, it was part of the manuscripts and. Um... Yeah, well, it's the stuff he gets. You know, um, he gets. You know, so he comes in. He gets caught by May. He finds his dad old briefcase. Um, yeah, we got Max. He's a bit of a super fan, so he's there like with his birthday cake. He's singing happy birthday and he's pretending Spider-Man's talking to him. He's like, oh, you know, he came and visited me. You know, he's got pictures of him on his wall. Oh, that yeah, thing. Just, I understand. All I can see is Jim Carrey here. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. And, uh, yeah, obviously the, there's a bit of a circuit sausage and he sort of, like, could tell straight away which one it is. Yeah. Which, which, tell, which, which kind of says, hmm. oh, the man knows his circuits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's a bit of like sort of uh, Aunt May trains being nurses, also that as well. Don't see the um, point of that, but all right. But yeah, there's a little bit of a, a thing where like you know he's trying to do his own laundry because he's like washing his old his old um, his uh, his suit, but then May doesn't for some reason doesn't want Peter to know that she's starting training as a nurse. Why I'm not too sure, but 
she's like, oh no no no, I don't want you to. Neither of them basically want to like look inside like the, the laundry, which is a bit of a. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, where did that come up as a script conference? We've got to have them like you know, not wanting to see each other's fucking smalls. I mean, it's, it's what? I mean, the, the 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 stuff where he's like, where where like she's like, but you've got a soot on your face, and 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 he goes like, oh, I'm cleaning the chimney. Too. We haven't got a chimney. He's like, what? Like, what? what? That, is, that is a really shit joke. That was really bad. I I kind of liked it, but <laughs> okay. all right, cringe. But that that's all right. But I, I get what you mean by the like. Well, why why is that me keeping that a secret? Like, why is why would you? Bothered, is there know. some secret shame to nursing I've never been made <laughs> well, aware of? Because <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, Peter doesn't strike me as the type of type who would say like he'd be a bit too overprotective because she's already got a like a wasting job. It's like yeah. no, I'm not having you nursing. No, it's it's I have to be the breadwinner or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like, not, I can't... There wouldn't be any of that. They just wouldn't. <laughs> So, Particularly anyway. as he's graduated high school in this film. I mean, what kind of breadwinner does he think he'd be? <laughs> so, uh, I've got a paper round. Fucking hell. Isn't that enough? Uh, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. It's never really explained, but there you are. Um, it just feels like, you know, well, we haven't got enough for Sally Field to do in this film. Well, perhaps she can be training for something. I don't know about nursing. That's a good mm. caring thing. It parallels with Spider-Man. He cares. Like you can just almost see the thought processes, yeah. and it's all so undercooked. Um, yeah, they, they kind of mapped it out, but not as not as fully as we would have liked them to. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's just what. Uh, then what? Where do we go? Uh, yeah. So Max is at Oscorp, so he's like obviously he works there. Uh, he's bumps into Gwen. Yeah, but bumps into Gwen to live. She takes note of his name, and he's like, "Oh, she said my name." So it's she said my name. But he also, but, but also puts uh, him on Gwen's radar. Um, it that that that's kind of relevant later on. It just it's just sort of like, oh, she just. Yeah, I think it sort of lets Peter know who he is. Um, but anyway, um. And then we get introduced to Harry, Harry Osborne. Who's visiting comes... his dad, who's dying in, yeah. die, dying of um, being green. <laughs> it's not easy it being green. Oh, we don't know what the... it. Sorry, Chris. You beat me to that joke. I was just about to say, it's not easy being green. <laughs> it's the fact that none of this makes sense, because in a minute, he says something like, he says something like, I never expected it to end like this. Then he says, I've been dying for 40 years. And then oh Harry's like, I'm running out of time, but we know this disease process takes 40 years. Also, yeah, he, he plays him as well, because he's... Uh, oh, I'm it's, terrible with names, I do Chris apologize. Co- it's Chris Cooper. That's it, Chris Cooper, that's it. You know, he's a fantastic character actor. Wasting and again. Yeah, he's, he, yeah, literally, he's like in the film for seconds. And it's like, why do you even cast these people if you're not going to use them? Oh my gosh! It's really sorry. It's terrible. So, did you not think like you know he he would actually be generally good as a proper Norman Osborn as well? If, yes. Like, if he had it, yeah, he'd, he'd be really be good. good the one slight complaint is he might be slightly too old for it now in terms of is the quality he gives off, but not not wildly. 
Um, none of this is particularly thought through, and you've introduced a character to instantly kill him off. I know mm. it was talked about last week, but that's not good enough. So that's it. Harry is shaking, so he's got a symptom of the illness as well. And it's like, well, that's convenient. He, that's the first time he's ever shown a symptom, and it's on his dad's deathbed. It takes 40 <laughs> years to play out, yet he's surprised by it. And in the next next time we see Harry, he's desperate for an immediate cure because he's running out of time. It takes four decades. Yeah, it's the, the, yeah. There is a weird sort of. I don't know if they mentioned whether it's it's slightly elevated with him. I don't know, but yeah, obviously he's like doesn't he? He's desperate to find a cure for it. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, basically that's what it introduced. So he hands Harry like his research. So there's like a mm. sort of hard drive with it on, which he's just holding on to in bed. Uh, yeah, because it's not like a USB, is it? It's not like a. You yeah. just plug it in. No. No. But whatever. So Norman dies and Harry's like, you know, now, yeah. got, now got a ticking clock of 40 years. Gwen gets a call from Oxford. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if there's any truth in this. I don't know if they have, like, outside sub-offices in, like, American cities. I've got no idea. Uh, doesn't really matter, to be honest with you. It's possible, but, yeah, I don't know. But, um... um no, I mean we've all been to university, but none of us have been to what either of the you know Oxbridge universities. So I don't, I don't know if they run things. No, I don't know. They certainly have preferential funding over a lot of the other traditional universities. Yeah, I, I don't know quite how it works. So okay, I've been to I've been to um, been to Oxford, um, but I've been to like the city. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been to Oxford. But... Yeah, I've been to like the Morse tour, um, and I've seen a show. Uh, they're, um, I've got the, the legal university that they have there and the law school that they have there. Um, where else have I been? In, I've been to the prison, <laughs> which is now a museum. And the courtyard well, is also used as, as a theatre space. During your year as Batman. She'll in the clink. So she could be about to go to London. Again, all these sort of half-cooked little threads. Um, and there's going to be a memorial for Norman, but Max has got to say... G- BJ Novak turns up for a split. Yeah, what the hell is he doing? What in this? is this film doing? Do you think it's like a little gag of theirs? Let's see how much. What are the biggest stars we can do the least with? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think it, it must be something like that because literally, got kind of these really big names. Obviously, he's well known for like, well, I think the American version of The Office and generally being a comedy if legend Father anyway. If Brando had still been alive, do you reckon he'd he have probably like would have been a He would have been Norman, probably. That's it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's playing Alistair Smythe as well, so that's another prominent. I mean, I mostly know him from the animated series. Yeah, maybe that's why they they play. You know, they did cast these big name actors because obviously the the series didn't go that way, but they were setting it up for quite you know quite a big transition. So maybe they thought you know we'd we'd cast these really prominent names as these these really prominent characters, only for it to kind of fall away. You can't use all of them in one film. You be you you I don't know. Well, they did. Well. Well, they, they didn't. Tried. That's the point. <laughs> no, I know. Okay, so he's sent to fix a room of electric eels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ge- it's a genetic electric eels. Uh... <laughs> and he, he's so invisible that when he calls through and says, "Can you deactivate the electricity here?" They're like, "Screw you, buddy! I'm going out." It's like, yeah. Okay. So he and. Uh... Uh, and he gets electrocuted and bitten by a load of eels which turns mm. him into electricity 
Wait, yeah, it turns, turns into a bit of a crusty. Yeah. Initially. Um, so, yeah, so then we have uh, Harry's in, in his first board meeting where he says, I'm calling the shots here. We get introduced to Felicia Hardy. Where he twirls his moustache and puts a woman he fancies in charge. This is fucking bollocks. Um, he does do a bit of moustache twirling, doesn't he? Well, it's just like he couldn't be more transparently a bad guy. And yet we got to have we got to have all these sort of scenes with Peter coming up where they're all mates, which mm, implies which happens like, next. Yeah, so yeah, they ha- um, again. Andrew Garfield's level of talent sells all this concern for his friends. So they really hurt her, him. <laughs> they must mm. carried the film. They really do. Mm. I think they're, they're probably like the. Um, yeah, saving graces of this film, really, if, if there are any. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they talk about parents and all that and girlfriends and all that sort of thing, um, which drops that um, Gwen into conversation, which will come back later. Um, what else? What then? Uh, you have uh, Colin Ford's character... Um sort of talking about the accident with Max Dillon basically, basically sort of hinting that they're going to use it to basically get rid of Harry right. so they just, they're going to uh, sort of like alright oh, well just some accident we'll put it on his lap and use it to oust him right um, or you know or, or at least setting it up um, and that yeah so this is why they, they're outside talking um where then, else? Then you get a birth of Electro scene. Yeah, Max wakes up. He's all, you know, feeding off electricity. Um, you have Peter and Gwen have a uh, meet up. And that's when they have their bit of uh, a flirtatious, like, oh, can we be friends or not? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they won't, they? Handjob, yeah, yeah. maybe, occasionally. <laughs> Something like that. But <laughs> Uh, which again is just like it, it, you know, it's very sweet, very like adorable. Um, I say and... things like that. Would just you you walk out at the end of it and go, the film can't have been that bad because they had that really brave ending and the two leads are so good, and and even their their exchanges actually, I don't know if it's just their quality, but they they actually seem pretty well written sequences as well. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. Um... And uh, yeah, Max ends up, or Electro ends up in Times Square. Which they created all digitally. They're not there. They filmed this somewhere else in the world. Mm. But um, all of this was, uh, his dialogue was an issue every time he fights. You know, lots of, you know, wait till you see this kind of dialogue. Mm. Um, And there's a bit in all of this where Spider-Man's wearing like a firefighter's helmet. And I'm, I'm just like, this film doesn't know what tone it wants to go for. And and that's why I keep likening it to Batman Forever. Not only does he remind me of Edward Nigma, but that film had a bit of that as well, in that it was cartoony as fuck and actually a little bit cheap looking in some places. <laughs> but then you had that sort of tra- childhood trauma subplot. And it's like, well, who's this fucking aimed at? And mm-hmm. I, I feel a bit like that with this. The, the Max, the sort of Times Square sequence is okay. But... Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, I think it's mostly down to um, Garfield because 
he, you know, he's he, he he's doing his usual. I'm joining Spider-Man, but um, can trying to trying to sort of act in best interest, but a little bit haphazard because he's like he obviously doesn't recognise Max, and he's like, oh, you know, Max was like he probably sort of interacts with people all of all the time, and he's just a little bit sort of um, doesn't recognise him. Well, why would you anyway? But um, he doesn't actually look like him anymore, yeah. does he? I mean, obviously, there's the same facial shape. Yeah. But you're not immediately going to go. That's that really, really comedy dork from the street. <laughs> into, are you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's obviously yeah, he's no he's noticing like sort of electricity sort of travelling on on the grid, and there's other people on that. Um, that red steps that one times square. I don't know what it's called actually, but no, uh, nor do I, and I've been there, but I don't remember. Yeah, okay. But you know that yeah that that there's that going on um, of one of his shooting malfunctions because it just gets fried overloaded. Like, yeah, which allows for a I love science moment later on. Mm. Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, so yes, yeah, you know, eventually sort of like washes him out. With the hose, I say with the wearing a hat. I think, I think that's the yeah. and then the... that's that. Yeah, and then sort of Peter uh, re looks at his father's briefcase, tries to put things together. Um, and uh, yeah, sort of fighting and then tries to figure out, uh, you know, looking at researching batteries and things like that. You know, with like you know how to sort of overcome getting. Electrical fried, um, and then and how does Harry sort of finds out about? He, he tries to find out where Spider Man is, doesn't he? So he must have sort of like figured out how to look at the research and say what um, yeah. that is something to it, do with. It, like it's really on the nose because um, he, he said something about the genetic. This is where it reminded mm. me of the Ang Lee Hulk that it's on one of Richard's videos that nobody but my bloodline can use it, mm. which effectively tells him who it is as well. Um, but well, he hasn't twigged that bit yet. But he I knows... think it's just because he knows Oscorp you're doing something with spiders, and, and he assumed... there's a guy who's got spider powers. Yeah. So he's like, well. Obviously, that's that that's got to be resulted in Spider Man, i.e. Spider Man's got like some sort of missing large missing puzzle to this. I.e. Yeah. He, he's 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 had the serum and is fine, so I need his blood to experiment with, um, and which uh, Peter doesn't want to give because it's he thinks. Rightly so, that it's like, well, it might be closer linked to only me. It's not always, um, you know, it, it, it could easily backfire. Yeah, I don't know this is safe. Yeah. You know, I got bitten and I'm all right, but you just, you don't know. But that's it. And so you end up with him like smashing the place up and screaming mm. towards Peter because Spider-Man does swing in and obviously speak to him to say mm. no. Anything else on that? Not much. Um, so yeah, so Gwen finds out about what happened with Max. That basically sort of like uh, the, what what Osborne are doing. They're basically covering it up. Um, and you have that scene where like Peter gets her out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, and then they meet Harry meets Gwen in the lift. Sort of so he's put two and two there. 
Yeah, that's a bit of, I thought that scene was a bit creepy though, because like she gets in the far and then all of a sudden turns around and there's Harry lurking in the corner. It's like, how did you get there? Mm. I just found that scene a bit creepy, but I think the whole idea is he's meant to come off as, as a little bit creepy. But I just felt a bit like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So then we have like the experiments with uh, Electro. Uh, uh, what else? Though that that is really over the top as well, because not only is the guy doing the experiments really cartoony but it is just mm. flat out cruelty mm. yeah i found that scene personally quite difficult to watch actually i think i winced at the cinema and i winced here as well i sort of had to look well, away I, a little I, bit and considering it's, it's what like a it would be like a 12a really, or something or... it's not really rinse inducing it's just well it obviously yeah, was, it's, it's, did. <laughs> i was a little well, bit like mm, fair enough really but it's, it, it's it's just so flat out camp it's weird because you know it's like He's playing the character as broadly as the comic book depiction is, as far as I'm aware of. Yeah. That's why I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, they've they've uh, they've changed genders, and he's like playing it as a uh, playing him out. It's just it just comes off as really oddly, just a bit kind of out there. But you you've got a film that that that's got a central love story in it, which they go out of their way to make feel mm. real and tender but with the troubles of your teen years where mm. i mean he's got the extra wrinkle of being spider-man but where, where you don't know what you want and you do go a bit back and mm. forth and you hurt people because you're, you're and, not you're not and, experienced and, in in and the destiny of going to you know higher education you know if she goes to oxford then what does that do do you know what i mean it's yeah. uh so you've got all that and then the rest of it is unbelievably cartoonish <laughs> yeah um so where do we go from here? Um, yeah, we have the sort of stuff where like you know, Spider-Man visits Harry. Um, uh, you know, Peter sees Gwen before she has her interview. It's a bit rambly, but um, wishes a good luck in the end. Uh, where do we go? Yes, yeah. So Peter finds like sort of tokens on his calculator. I see after he gets like frustrated putting his piece, piece together he can't like sort of put it together this is all needlessly complex but yeah all right whatever i, ju- I just think it, there's there's so much in the in the way these scripts are written by this pairing of like aren't we being clever here and it's like no you're needlessly iterating a load of bullshit we don't need mm. but whatever they're trying to they're trying to sort of move on this mystery that was launched in the last film how much there is a um, a roadmap we'll never know now whether they were following on from some big story or whether they had to just watch the first film and go well let's do this with it then it probably would have second guessed everything again um, mm. that's my feeling but anyway yeah so it's like he, find, he finds it's on the old train station yeah um, uh, Felicia tells Harry uh, in the next scene that uh, about there was venom extracted downstairs um and oh that's convenient yeah and then uh and when looking through the research he finds out about the what's happening with electro and then pretty much he's like ousted from the company from there on in yeah um and he goes to get electro out basically yeah uh so, yeah so we're one step away from we're not so different you and i 
Well, yeah, it's a bit similar, we'll, isn't it? We'll, 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 we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so this is like this is where it's the same. You're not so different to you and I've seen. Peter finds like the secret laboratory that's not been used for like God knows how long for a decade or so. Yeah, and is uh, you know, with the video of his dad, which which, is, which immediately fires up with download complete. It's like mm. yeah, so that was so it's weird. Literally been sent from a plane to that terminal, <laughs> and and it was on. It's just gone mm. to a screensaver, and it's just been there. And it's underground. Like what? How? It, it doesn't even have to boot it I up. Mean, I mean, they, they, they should have just cut all this out and just kept in the deleted scene where he turns out to be alive and tells him. <laughs> That's really what they should. Yeah. That that probably would be more plausible. Uh, You're probably right. Yeah. How did you survive the plane crash, Dad? And as he takes an intake of breath, credits. Because we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I I I I happen to come across a spare parachute, son. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. What about Mum? No. Nah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, brilliant. All right, whatever. So Peter now knows what he is. The next bit is um, what do we go to next? Um, so yeah, so ha- this is where like uh Harry Osborn tries to break out Max. He goes to the the facility. Um, just just he just sort of takes on Gaza quite easily. Uh, says he needs him, and which is kind of weird because. Electro just seems to sort of like, well, that's all he needs. He just needs to be told that someone needs him. And he's like, all right, fine, well, I'll just get out then. <laughs> so if you can do that... <laughs> I, I mean, I got, you can't have it both ways. I because mean, like, as far as I'm aware of, like he didn't sort of like press anything to sort of no, like... No, he didn't. His evil was all like fueled by his lack of like attention. And now his evil's going to be fueled by... Some attention. <laughs> Fucking bollocks! But he breaks out anyway. <laughs> yeah. He's, so he, he, he with his like, boxer shorts. He, 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 he's there being tortured, and he's just like, "Oh, I, you know, he could have got out any time then, really, couldn't he?" Yeah. So about, about being tortured wasn't enough incentive for him to sort of like. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get angry enough to sort of tap into. It's almost like making him Hulk out effectively. Yeah. Like, what you weren't angry when you were being tortured? Then you were just sad. Hmm. Whatever. Um, and yeah, so um, yeah, so he sort of. I've got some trying to find out where uh, where I am with it. Yeah, so he basically sort of breaks him out, and he goes and he sort of, and, he, and he kind of kills uh, one security guys. Yeah. And 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 goes to Colin for saying, take take me to the take me to the bulletry. He says no. Electro shocks him and then revives him, and then Harry's now got a gun pointing to him and says like, "Right, fine, I'm done with you now." So all you need was just put a gun against it. That's all. That's all you need. Like, I'm not quite sure you actually quite needed Electro to be honest with you. I keep saying whatever, and I just think that's what the writers do because there's two of them, and if two people talk about a film long enough, they one one will. Point out something the other one didn't think of, which will lead the other person to think of something else the first person hasn't thought of, and that's how those conversations go. It's like when we talked about the man with the golden gun; it had never occurred to me. Don't they already have a bullet? And as soon as you said that, I riffed on it for about five minutes because it just opened up a completely new way of thinking. 
somebody, one of the two of them surely would say, yeah, but couldn't we just? And the other one just goes, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> it's like, well, we have to have a team up, but that, and then but they have that's to, like, not, r- That's rush. not a Captain's Oath report, Roberto. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, he said, like, He's like the, the grid's all yours, so he just get you know that's it. So he just you know takes him down with a gun. I mean, there's no sort of sense of that Colin Ford's going to actually comply with anything. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Whatever. So he just yeah. So he he takes him down. Um. Uh, sort of Cresty gives him like the the serum, which he does, and then is like, oh, he, and he runs off, and while he's starts hulking out, going all crazy. Yeah. Um meanwhile, um Spider Man writes a lovely note for Gwen on the Manhattan Bridge. Yeah. Or Brooklyn Island. No, I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge, isn't it? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I, I do the... know the difference, but I can't remember which I was one. Gonna say, yeah, I think that didn't you go there on your last New York trip? They they yeah, they, I think it's no, they, I, 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 I would say it's the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridge as well, because I think I've yeah, I've been there last time when well, I went in two thousand and nine. Well, <laughs> it's kind of both because he you know, he writes a he writes a note on one and and uh, and and picks her up and they talk on top of the other. So mm. I, I can't remember which one it is on top of my head, but yeah. Um, and basically, sort of, basically says like, "Well, I'm guess I'm coming to England," which um, I can't imagine Spider-Man being in Oxford. No, no, got a lot less swinging capabilities. I would have thought, but yeah. Yeah, you can't really talk, do so much swinging from those dreaming spires, can you? If so. you can comment on the Oxford swinging scene, write to us at expectusnotalk <laughs> at gmail.com. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I'm not quite sure that's quite the same swinging. <laughs> no, it's not the swinging you're on about. <laughs> oh, hang on, that's got another meaning, hasn't it? But, um, sh- Shit. <laughs> I'll write to us about that as well. Cause they're swinging yeah. and they're swinging. Do, do with reading a bit of filth. <laughs> if you're in any other British city and are involved in swinging, write to us. I'd expect us to do it. <laughs> we don't want to get involved. We just want to read some films. Has anybody ever written to us? No. Yes, they have. Loads of people have written to us. <laughs> About swinging in Oxford. Oh, okay. No, we've never asked that before, have we? <laughs> we can make it a regular request if you like. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That? Um, yeah, so Electro is gone to that uh, big, massive uh, electrical Whatever source, it is. Cle- uh, clean energy sort of source. So I think it was like that was to do with like mutated eels. Phase um, incy wincy spider. In the interim, Gwen and mm. um, Peter have been working on trying to improve the sort of resistance to um, electricity in the web shooters. Yeah, she says, Have you thought about ma- magnetism? You know. And he goes, oh, yeah, she's got a chip, didn't think about it. Yeah, and then they've solved it. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> Dave's getting tired of this already, so... Go on. <laughs> I think we all are. So he goes to, um, yeah, basically fights Electro. Right. And I don't really want to say much about that because he's boring as fuck. But, yeah, there's a fight. Yeah, well, well, the, the only thing to sort of say is, eventually, the plan is what has essentially uh, what Peter's been trying to do initially with the batteries is that just blow it up. Yeah. 
it's like, but then he's like, oh, hang on, why don't we just do that but reverse? So that, 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 that's essentially it. Um, with yeah. the help of Gwen. Yeah. And and then uh, Green Goblin shows up. Or the new this Green is Goblin. just so rushed. Green Goblin turns up. I, I don't know what to think because I'm not sure there's a way to make to stylize a Green Goblin character that gives you that sort of goblin-y, mm. otherworldly look, but still looks good live action. This certainly isn't it. But I don't know that I want to ridicule it too much, because I guess they've had a go at doing something. Yeah, I mean, there, there was, like, a sense, you know, with um, Norman Osborn and his illness, and he kind of, like, had the green skin, but with, like, the pur- purple under his eyes and yeah, kind of thing, which... Would make sense because if it was like bloodshot under his eyes, it would come off purpley if he had green or gangrene looking skin and his like you know fingernails were overgrown and it looked all kind of like mm. goblinish. So there there is an attempt at something new, and I don't know what else you would do other than no, I, d- I don't I don't like the look, but I don't know how you do it better. I think the hairstyle's the biggest problem, but. I'm willing to let that go. I just feel like this is barely better than the way you used um, mm. Venom in the third film, in that this has been left so late, and he turns up and does something heinous almost straight away, and then that's end of the story, really. Yeah, so... Um... There's a big fight. Oh, he takes Gwen, and then there's a bit of a fight over her, and then she falls, and Peter holds on to her. The... It, it does happen in a clock to represent time ticking away. Yeah. Like everything's all like it's all in clogs and everything and, and things only, like that. Not only that, the actual mechanisms are sort of mm. cutting the ropes and things like that because it's between them and things like that. Mm. Uh, the goblin's very giggly, very like, you know, which you get with villains, but there you go. The, um, uh, the, the, the web that tries to catch you, well, does catch you, but. It's a bit late. Well, he catches comes her with off one. Like... That gets caught. He then dives after her, fires a web. That's all quite well shot. Mm. Gets a web onto her, but by the time it sort of slows her descent... She smacks uh, her head on the floor. She smacks her head on the floor. Um, and I just couldn't believe they'd gone there. This, this was almost... You know, this was 70% of why I was more positive about this film on the first mm. viewing. I couldn't believe they'd done it. Yeah. I mean, I admit on first viewing, I was touch and go whether they actually would. I mean, I was expecting they would because you knew. Well, I know what Gwen's story, story is, but this is Emma Stone with a three-film contract. You've got a bit of artistic license to check these things out, use comic book audiences' knowledge to sort of bait and switch. Hmm. And I wasn't convinced they'd go there. And when they did go there, it wasn't even that she died, but that that head smack on the floor. Hmm. I mean, it's a PG-13, so it's not going to be bloody or graphic. But it's quite hard-hitting, li- literally and figuratively. So I have to yeah. say, I don't like the... Oh, this act of the film, I don't really like the Electro stuff. The Goblin does turn up out of nowhere. I know they've built it up a little bit, but to kill it, to bring him in, in his final form, and have him do that within a couple of minutes is all a bit rushed. It, just, it does seem very rushed. I mean, but, it's, it's similar to last week. You've got too many, too many villains... Um, and they kind of they do sort of form this pact, which seems again very underserved. But yeah, it just seems like to have to have them all in. Um, I do. I think his outfit's quite it's quite complex. As, but it would have you know had would have been nice to have like more time with him. Um, you don't really feel like any sympathy for him at all. You think he's dying, so what? 
Um, and I, I would agree with you, David. It does is, it is feel very rushed and very poorly thought out. But the shot itself is great. Where Gwen oh, yeah, dies, no, yeah. it's like, it's not only really did they go there, but they didn't really pull the punch either, given that it's a PG-13. So, you know, it sort of got a thumbs up on the basis of that for me, almost. Um, and again, there are varying qualities of crying you can do on screen, evidently, because uh, a heartbroken Andrew Garfield here got me first time. I don't think yeah. I cried. I don't think I cried, but I genuinely felt it because I was moved. I was in a bit of shock that they'd done it. Yeah, a crying Andrew Garfield is better than a crying Toby Bright. <laughs> yeah, and also we believe this relationship. Mm. If they killed Mary Jane, I'd have probably been swinging from the fucking rafters <laughs> joy, because that relationship was obnoxious. So I, I was really stunned by all this. Um, I think we sort of belabor what comes next, because we, we have him at the funeral, and then we have him sort of stood in the courtyard, uh, in the graveyard season after season. Mm. Um, but there you go. What else do we want to say? Uh, so he's stopped being Spider-Man for a bit. Uh, May... Um... Months. Pretty much says the sort of same thing that um, May says in Spider-Man Two, which is like, oh, you know, where, where, where's Spider-Man gone? It's uh... I believe they're here. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty it, much what it, it sounds like. It it, it 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 is pretty much sort of similar sort of thing. It's like I'm wondering where he's gone. You know, we we sure could do with him right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And then he. Um, Puts on the USB and watches Gwen's speech. And it's because um, it's fucking dreadful. Uh, meanwhile, the um, the gentleman, the mysterious guy from uh, last week, sees um, Harry. Mm. And Harry's like, you know, you look, look, looking at better. It's like, oh, it comes and goes. Well, that's handy. Uh, and, then, and then they start initiating like uh, a sort of a plan to sort of like, I want, I want a team, I want to keep to it To do simple. what? Well... <laughs> We've got our first candidate. He's eager, and it's the the Russian guy. But to do the... what? I, I, to cause havoc. I don't know. Generally, be a nuisance. Uh, all right. Stay tuned for the Sinister Six movie. That doesn't happen. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I could uh, towards that scene as well. You can kind of see elements of like all their different costumes as well. Like you see some like Electro's, not Electro, um, Octopus's like legs and all the rest of it. Yeah, and you, see, you Vulture. see various masks and that kind of stuff. Yeah, vultures, he has wings. Do you see and you think they're, they're just framing this up to um lining this up for this for this yeah, since six um spin off ain't gonna happen. It's like, oh god really. Ridiculous. They've not they've not learned from this because you you get that, you get something similar to at the end of Venom and things like that. Spoiler alert. It's just but oh, the one at the end of Venom's awful as well. But um yeah, okay, so he has anything up to like nine months of grief and just as he's coming around he does watch that speech from Emma Stone which in universe is meant to be moving and inspiring um, and he resumes his role as Spider-Man as Rhino is on the rampage and the police yeah. have handily set up a viewing gallery to it um, and the little boy comes out in a Spider-Man outfit to confront Rhino Oh, I thought it was quite cute though. It was very cheesy, but very cute. No, I'm not even. I'm not going to complain about it at all. Thought it was fine. And eventually, just as he's about to be hurt, um, you see and hear something, and Spider-Man swings in. Mm. Saves the day. Yeah. Yeah. Says I'll take it from you, kid. 
and sort of swings at Rhino as we go to credits. Thank God that's over with. I love the fact it's a bit like when you watch Way of the Dragon and like um, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris fight in the Colosseum, but they have a lengthy period of warming up first, like feet away from each other. And Mm. it's just kind of a strange protocol thing that Spider-Man stood there and stretching and sort of, you know, stretching his neck and good to be back in the saddle. I'm thinking you could have been shot eight fucking times by now. (laughs) What's he waiting for? But um, there you go. That's the end of the film. Um, yeah, the rhino suit's like far different than what it was. Was just a, you know, a big, tough rubber suit. Now it's a big. That's basically a tank, isn't it? Yeah. You know? It's um, it, yeah. It, the only way I can describe it is it's Batman's tumbler in rhino suit form. With legs. With legs, yeah. That's what I mean. As horns. Like, if rhino, if if the tumbler was like a transformer, it would transform into this. Transformers. Thanks for that, Becca. Sorry. Coming soon to T Space. You see it? Bollocks, alright then. Oh god, no, please, don't make me do that. No. Well, might have to now. Literally, uh, if we do, I will I'll be replaced briefly by now we don't replace you. By somebody, somebody else. <laughs> no, no, Becca. Be- be- if you suffer, we all suffer. Um... <laughs> well, we're doing it. You fucking are. And if you're not, we ain't. Um, I haven't enjoyed any of the. Again, typical standard Michael Bay. In the half an hour into the first one, I was thinking this isn't too bad. Then you look at your watch and you go, actually, that's only half an hour. Bloody hell! And then it's been t- it was torture after that. Um, final thoughts. I'm not going to say a lot. Actually, I. I, it's one of those films that I almost feel like I'm putting on my dislike of. Like I like I liked it, sound, found everyone else didn't like it, and went, oh, yeah, yeah, it's crap. Um, it, it really wasn't that. I just think that the, the, the lead relationship just won so much credit with me. The balls to, to have to go there, to kill her, and to actually show it, not graphically, but um, it hit home anyway. And... I, I like the look of it more than the previous film because I think this is just suited to better spot better than some Dark Knight knockoff. And so it came out with some issues in the you know Rhino's dialogue, Emma Stone's speech, all the rest of it. But when I watch it again, it's a mess. It, it's kind of in love with itself, you know, the silly nods to like the Spider-Man theme again. After so many films, in it's like that's really really tired. You're wasting quality actors left and right. You're introducing things that go nowhere. You've got really cartoony villains, and then really sort of uh, real verisimilitude in the like the love story. So it's tonally all over the place. It thinks it's funny in places. It isn't. It thinks it's really smart repeatedly, and it's actually a really dumb script. So my my overwhelming feeling when I look at it now is, well, we ended up with Tom Holland, so all was right in the end. But certainly at the end of it, I felt a little bit like I did about Die Another Day for Pierce Brosnan. In that I don't really like Pierce Brosnan as Bond now, but at the time he'd made the role his own. And I thought, Christ, you've got to go out on that. And I feel a little bit for Andrew Garfield like that. Like you know, the first film was promising, even though it was troubled. And you've got so much more talented a pair of leads than you had right the way through. Pound for pound, I'm seeing equivalents to the original cast that are just stronger here you know sally field and and um i know that's last week sally field and 
um, Martin Sheen, but they're a stronger pairing than the, the you know Aunt May and Uncle Ben in the first film. So this was just a sad way to go out for him, and they've redeemed it with a much much stronger reboot. But Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone were good enough to deserve a lot better than this. What about you guys? Yeah, pretty much summed it up perfectly, I think. Not a lot more to add, apart from my rant at the, at the top of the show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you, you don't rant enough, Becca. I, I think you should rant more. <laughs> Must rant more, no. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, broad, I mean broadly speaking, I, I enjoy this a lot more than uh, most people. Um, uh, though, you know, my my issues are, you know, nothing that the, Dave said is actually incorrect. You know, the, the problem is mostly the production and just not really knowing where to go and what and what to do and putting too much in, in there though the, the the reason why I enjoy this film is largely Garfield and Stone um, I you know I do I do enjoy I do enjoy like the, the more lighter touches as well and certain things here and there the, the the mistakes made I can sort of overlook and forgive and just accept them for what they are uh, but broadly speaking I kind of uh I, I always enjoy my time with it, but then that's down to more performance-wise. Um, I'd go along with that. The performances are broadly strong. I mean, although they're strongly broad in one case, Dane DeHaan, but yeah. um, it's it, they are doing so much heavy lifting. And mm. I have to say, if we'd done this show, like, I mean, this, the show didn't exist at the time, but if we'd been around and done this, like, weekend of release, I'd have been a lot more positive about it. And I will say that the viewing I had this time is comfortably the worst I've ever had. I, I'm feeling less well-disposed to it than I ever have. But the two needs, the two leads nearly save it. But then that's, that's the old scene Kurtzman thing, I think, isn't it? You just sort of, like... That's, yeah, they think, cast think, a big uh, shadow, don't they? Uh, I think they're great on... Great on you, Dave, don't they? Particularly, I, I, the, more, the more the more you have to put up with them. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think, I don't think I, I, I think I don't reverse engineer it. I don't think I watch a film. It's all right. Oh, it was all seen Kurtzman. It's shit. I, I think it's genuine that their faults are so writ large and so repeated through all of their work that the moment you see their names, you fear what you're going to get, and when you go in, you get it every time. They have yet to write an even serviceable script for for the big screen. Everything they've written for the big screen has been unmitigated shit. Now, in a couple of cases, um, the film has had enough going for it to overcome it. Mission Impossible 3 would be one. Actually, Mission Impossible 3 script isn't too bad. Oh, that can be the honourable exception. But the Star Trek reboot, the first, the both scripts are terrible, but the first film just gets by on goodwill and a lot of charm but into darkness is dreck it's one of the worst written films i've ever seen that's ever attracted a budget anyway um i i'd take purvis and wade over those two quite comfortably <sighs> and, and, and i was and i was it's, while i was sat there i was just thinking oh i can just i can just see eon just sort of get, you know taking in as new writers I hope not. I hope not. They wouldn't get work, and now Kurtzman is bringing all the same flaws to Star Trek on the small screen. Um, I kind of hope that they don't kind of make their way to to Eon. I would be like, Eon, keep them away, please. <laughs> I mean, the the start the new new Star Trek isn't a disaster, but an awful lot of the flaws are there. Mm. You know, just uh, over convoluted plotting, bits that don't make sense. You know, uh, emotional speeches that 
turn out to be utterly utterly meaningless characters mourning other characters we've not even been properly introduced to um quite dumb action in places where star trek is better when people are talking and he's ruining it now it's got its fans and if you like discovery and or picard fine by me like what you like what i would be clear on is i'm not disliking new trek because it isn't 90s trek i wanted it to come back different if anything i've got more problem with them bringing people like pike in than than most fans because they're just filling in gaps you know it's like it's got modern trek has nothing new to say and it's under the stewardship of somebody that just repeatedly has the same flaws now i'm led to believe some of their work on lost was pretty good Maybe they are better on TV. But I've seen so much now that I just think, please just stay away from things I like. Please. You know? And this is not a good script. It's one of their least offensive, but it's not a good script. But I don't know if I know anything about this film, Dave. Dave. I know absolutely nothing, Chris. I try. I I tried. To, I tried to style it out last week. I don't know if you noticed. I felt quite guilty yeah. because you you said you know I know nothing. What about you? And I immediately dropped a load of facts on you, and probably you did display you, quite a lot of prob- Probably left you quite embarrassed because a I was really knowledgeable when you'd sort of slammed my knack of knowledge, and also it left you as the only one. Well, I can now reveal I made all that up. I don't know. I didn't know anything about (laughs) the last film. So I'm sorry about that. And I felt guilty all week. So I'm going to come clean here. I am utterly clueless, Chris. Um, I think we need help. I think we need need help. And you know, when I need help, I I, I, I switch on the Becker signal. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) And it fills the sky with the image of a fairly diminutive short haired lady. <laughs> and then she and then she, she she comes to the rescue normally on a bus because she can't drive. <laughs> armed with armed with stuff she read on the IMDB trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And, and yeah. And, and, and she always leaves me thoroughly satisfied. Becca. Well, today it's no different. Oh dear. I will try and cast a wide net. It's literally, obviously, all the Bond stuff came from my own brain, and other things that come from my own brain will also appear in this segment. Um, but largely, that's the only place I can find information. Um, that you know is kind of as a very um, authoritative source, obviously, apart from hidden the library, whereas we can't at the moment because they're shut. Oh. You should, just as an aside, you should learn to drive just so you can say when you see the signal to the factmobile. To the factmobile, yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what I should call my bike. I'll come up with some name for it, I'm sure. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel bad. Fun fact number one I kind of feel bad that we dissed uh, Gwen's graduation speech. Because it turns out Emma Stone wrote it. Oh! <gasps> Well, that's not right either, is it? You you hire a couple of writers and they're so clueless, you let the fucking actress wing it? Fuck off! (laughs) I kind of feel bad that we said we didn't like it. Yeah, but I mean, if you'd hire, you know, know, back in the era when, like, William Holden was writing stuff and winning Oscars or something, they didn't say to the actors, well, you just write this bit. You write it then. That's the biggest slam I've ever heard on them. 
shocking because it shocking. reads like it does read like Orsi and Kurtzman, which actually tells me an actress who can't fucking write is just as talented as the people they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on hiring. Maybe she wrote it and then they gave it a polish. Yeah. They gave it the Orsi and Kurtzman wipe their polish. ass on it in hand. So it yeah, back. so it was actually it was actually a good speech before, but <laughs> but when they got to it, by the time they were done with it, it was. Just... Beyond all recognition. This is way too straightforward. We need to put far more platitudes in it and meaningless <laughs> Not enough platitudes. Right. Anyway, fun fact number two. Apparently it's the first Spider-Man film to be entirely shot in New York State. And it's the largest film production at that time to be shot in New York City. So very, very cool. Um, I think this is quite fun. Well, this is probably obviously widely known at the time, but I think it's quite interesting. Um and this film, the Sony film, which in in, uh, in cinemas in the US, there's a mid-credits teaser for the 20th Century Fox movie X-Men: Days of Future Past, which was included. Um, obviously, Mark Webb violated his contract for them um, to make a film for them after after the Spider-Man movie. Um, sorry, the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, so Sony had to. Oh, oh no! So yeah. So basically, they had to promote the um, the X-Men movie for free. That was so, nuts. I've forgotten that. We, we yeah, come, I was, we I was like, I've seen that over here, and then like, what? Like tease, and it's like missing. movie. What? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's a some um, Vietnam scene. And not even the same studio. It's fucking nuts. No, it was really weird. It was like, hold on, what's going on here? But yeah, because he he decided to mess up his contract, that Sony had to say, okay, yeah, we'll promote we'll promote this Fox film, basically gratis. So. Right. Whatever. But then didn't he end up extending his contract anyway? So he was due to make two films for them, and he ended up making three. Oh, oh. I think Mark Webb would have come back if, if they'd done a third, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, because it was like that one, and then what was the other one? Um, Five Edge Days of Summer. Yeah. And there's a third one. I can't, I can't remember what he did. Um, look on IMDb.com. Um, obviously, being Doctor Who fan, there's a Doctor Who connection with this movie. Um, both Andrew Garfield and Tristy Jones have appeared in Doctor Who. Um, Lisa Fonzo actually was considered for the role of uh, the 11th um, Doctor, which ended up going to um, Andrew Garfield's friend, Matt Smith. Sorry, um, who was considered for it? Oh, Risa Franz, apparently. Okay, yeah, all right. Whose name that. I can't pronounce. Except you just did. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I probably should names, you have to excuse us. Mm. Um, are, are they actually mates, though? Aren't you Garfield and Matt Smith? I think they were kind of friends. You know, they kind of been in a few things together, I think. And they're both very cool, so it's all right. Um, and I was really struggling for not-so-fun facts, so I came across a fun fact, which was other actors considered for the role of Electro included Mads Mikkelsen. Imagine how good that would have been. Oh, my God. Um, Damien Lewis and Jean Dujardin of the artist fame. Okay. None not, of not those are anything like each other. So no, they were the same. They had no vision. They don't, none of them look like each other. They've all got wildly different acting styles. That, hmm. I, I can imagine Mads Mikkelsen as maybe Green Goblin or, and the, you know, that, that kind of in, in that kind of vein. Um, but yeah, each, each are very different. Um, each bring their own styles and characteristics and methods. Um, but yeah. I was, I was really gripping at straws, clutching at straws towards the end. So I thought, well, who else was considered for the role? It's still fun, folks. Chris Chris Cooper was uh, apparently up, considered for the role of uh, Doc Ock in the, oh, the first oh. sequel to Spider Man. How about the that? One. That would have been interesting as well. <clears throat> cool. I mean, he's, he's on he's on a similar level to Alfred like Chris, isn't it? Is a like, really, really great character actor. Oh, I like Chris Cooper. I like Chris Cooper quite a bit. Um, I'm just having I mean, a look. Super still... No. 
Uh, yes, he was. He was, he, <laughs> was the tra- he was the trainer in Seabiscuit. Yes, there we are. Um, I'm trying to think what I know him best from. Yeah, the Bourne identity springs to mind. I mean, I know him from dozens of things, but I mean, what, what spring to mind first with him? Yeah, the Bourne films. Um, what else? I would say Syriana would spring to mind. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, God, no, I remember going to see that film with a with a friend of mine, and I think we both fell asleep. <laughs> also, it, was, it was really interesting because it was quite it was well, important. Can't have been that interesting. <laughs> no, it's it one of those really films. You know, it's kind of you know it was a real political film about what was going on at the time, and I think we just we'd come back from holiday or something, and we were like, oh, <laughs> we fell asleep. He's not actually been in as much as I thought he had. He's got lots of credits, but like I was expecting to see like two or three times as much. But yeah, okay. Um, as for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. I can find me at Cinematronics. You can also find all the old episodes at Cinematronics.co.uk. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you draw your podcasts from. Um, just type in Do Expect Us Talk, and you can also drop us an email, Do Expect Us Talk at gmail.com. But whichever platform you're on, don't forget to rate us, review us, like us, and share us. I must streamline that. It doesn't sound very catchy. <clears throat> well, I don't know. Share, share us sounds kind of hot. <laughs> not like that, though. We're, you know, we're not swinging. Pass us around. We've done a bit of swinging for <laughs> the series, but we're not like that. Uh, not that sort of swinging, though. No. no. Don't that. No, ke- careful what rumours you start there, Becca. Yeah, as though we're not. That would be I an odd not. line of research. Well, we're doing Spider-Man next, so I need to go to that car park. <laughs> and, uh, do some don't go to that car park, whatever you do. Okay. Um... All right, so we're done with with we're done for at least one week we're with Spider-Man in the title of the film. We move on to Sony's first actually successful attempt to bring out a swing off, uh, a, a swing off, <laughs> a spin off. A swing off would work, wouldn't it? It's a swing off from the original series. Um, yeah, they didn't manage with Sinister Six, but a few years later they managed to bag Tom Hardy to make what we're going to cover next week, which means Becca. Do you expect to talk or return with our review of Venom? <laughs>